Hey guys, Ian here with another episode of Unleashed and Unhinged, the podcast where we talk about all things dog. Dog training, dog behaviour, dog health, literally anything you can think about when it comes to dogs, we'll talk about on here. We hope you enjoy the episode. Everybody, to um, we'll just start again. My ability to speak today oh my. is absolutely horrendous. Mm. I'm not even going to repeat. Today's just going to be one of those days. So you're going to have to bear with us, and hopefully, it provides a few more laughs than groans. I hope there's no there's no like captions here because God knows what that's going to say. Oh God, closed captions. Let's <laughs> hope so. But. <laughs> Speaking of groans, <laughs> what are we today we're going to be talking about humping. <laughs> so, oh, uh, this, this is Wacky Wednesday. Apparently. Um, and no alcohol is involved, which is, you know, probably a good thing. I'm going to need some afterwards, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. You sure? That's not rosé. You've got your glass. <laughs> no, I mean, that would be much better. Um... <laughs> So we're talking about humping, mm. dogs or humans? Hopefully dogs. Um, all right. Give me a... <laughs> give me. Tell me what you told me earlier, uh, before the microphone went on, when we were probably talking far more sense. Um, not really. Not really, but um, what did you get told by somebody or asked by somebody? I had a question... <laughs> yeah, you did. Of why is it... <laughs> Why is it that only small dogs hump mm. and not bigger dogs? Yeah. And this was ob- obviously an observation that um, they had made, um, to which I replied, it's not just small dogs. Well, I mean, that means big dogs wouldn't exist. This is true, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, not the humping that we're talking about. No, I mean, no. you know, we're not going into the actual procreation of... Puppies, but stop now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is absolutely disgraceful oh today. We knew we, as soon as we picked this topic. <laughs> right, we're, for the record, we're talking about dogs that are humping in a non-sexual way. Yes. And reasons why they do it. Mm-hmm. And we should probably clear it up that it could happen to all-sized dogs, and all-sized dogs do it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Brilliant. Um... Oh, I don't know how educational this is going to be for it's you guys, not, but, you know, we're going ahead anyway. If you can take a couple of key points, then you've done well. Yeah. Um, yeah, all dogs have the potential to hump. Mm-hmm. Even dogs with no legs. <laughs> I don't know why this is coming into my head, but they do. They do. Even dogs without legs. <laughs> Christ, why? <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so, uh, some... Causes for yeah, why do dogs hump? Why do dogs hump? What situations have you observed uh, or had uh, caregivers um, explain to you that they've seen their dogs humping? Oh Christ! Why, why, okay, so why do um, some caregivers tell me it's happening? Mainly, uh, I mean, they think that the dog is trying either finding them attractive or trying to be dominant. 
They're the two main reasons. <laughs> and look, it doesn't matter how pretty you are. It's not that. It's just not that. It's just not that. So we'll rule that out. And we know it's not dominance because we're not going to bang on about that today, but that is an outdated theory that dogs don't try to dominate and that's not the motivation behind humping. That's a really weird concept in itself, isn't it? I'm going to try to assert my dominance over you, so I'm going to fake fuck you. Try. Um, <laughs> just try hump you. Try hump you. Um, yeah, it doesn't work like that. That's not the intention of the dog, is it? So, um, what have you got any others that you might have heard? Reasons? Um, no, predominantly uh, I've heard it's, um, you know, they feel... Um, that it is it is a dominance thing or um, that they are trying to actually have intercourse with the other dog. Or teddy or leg. Or, well, and that's, yeah, I think when people, caregivers do ask the question and it's not a dog humping another dog, it's if they do it to a teddy or their bed is, you know, why uh, <laughs> one client, uh, we uh, touched on it before we turned the camera on, that I had... Um, their dog had a teddy that they ended up calling the bitch because at a particular time, and this was every night, um, this dog after dinner uh, would go and grab teddy and and hump teddy. Um, and they thought that it was a sexual thing yeah. that the dog was trying to get. I mean, I've off. seen a lot of teddies get named over the years. None of them that creative. Yeah. It's like spunky. And <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, but, yeah, and it can always get a bit confusing because obviously they, like, there's always... It's just the actual, like... <laughs> my, my, hand, my hand is moving in, like, a humping action. Uh-huh. But, um, it's good that it's, it's slightly out of camera. Yeah, just that little... Um, yeah, that, that humping action. It's not the act of... Thrusting. The thrusting. <laughs> yeah. It's not the actual, like, actual act of sex. It's just the action. Like, I've seen dogs, like, start humping thin air. And yeah. I've, start, I've seen dogs in the past, like, they'll walk up near the dog and just do the action, like, six feet away. Mm. Or, like, put one paw on but be facing the other direction. Like, that's humorous <laughs> it is but I mean depending on where the dog's coming from but it can look quite funny well it's funny you say that uh, I noticed um, Arch do that a couple of times he would go up and scent a dog and he would start to hump the air yeah um, but some other things that he would do he would do a lot of um, uh, tongue flicking yeah as well or if he'd gone in and had a scent of a dog um pr- not always males, but predominantly females. He would taste the urine. And then and, pull it to the different part of the mouth. Yeah, that's right. So, the, you know, they get a taste of the urine and then they inhale. So then it, it, it changes where it is in the mouth and then it obviously goes through the, the, um, the olfactory system. And then he would he would start humping the air. Yeah. Kind of just sort of not really... From what I observed, he wasn't quite sure what his body was doing, so it seemed like a reflexive response to... Involuntary. Yeah, the information that his body had just received. So it was as if it was a genetic yeah. or a DNA response of, I'm not really sure what I'm doing this, but... I'm just about the cameras on today. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody listening to this on the podcast later back, just go back and find this on Instagram. Please it's worth do. a watch. Yeah, that's um, awesome. <laughs> but, um, 
Okay. Right. So we know that obviously if the dog is um, desexed, it's not a sexual reason. Um, we know that it's not to try to dominate the other dog. What are the reasons that dogs do hunt? Frustration. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I can t- uh, put this back. Um, a frustration over excitement, so over arousal. Um, if I was playing with Archie, and it would always be if I stupidly placed myself on the floor and was doing, you know, these ones. Yeah. Uh, he would hunt my head. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it only ever happened in that context. And it, he would be, and generally that would be after quite maybe 10 minutes of play of, you know, me doing this, yeah. me jumping back. And then if I, if I ended up uh, with my head down or if we were bouncing around, like I was kind of bouncing around on the bed, he'd be like, oh, my God. So would you say that's got take, the game taken to a place of overstimulation? To- yeah, overstimulation. So it's not like a normal he- play style for him? No. So he was not able to... Uh, think, I suppose the best way I can explain consecutively of what his movements and what I was doing. Yeah. So he had um, his spike in excitement or arousal or frustration and then it was, oh, I actually really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. Or, you know, sometimes I think it can be sort of frustration but also if the if the dog is getting on top of the, the other dog or the human, maybe it is to try and stop whatever the movement is as well. So there's a couple of things that I see a lot, right? One of them, I, I, I've seen dogs genuinely do it out of play. Yeah. Right? And and it is something that as a behaviour, and this will lead me into the next one as well, as a behaviour, it feels good. Right? It, really, it can release a lot of endorphins. Right? So the dogs might do it because it's like, this, is, this makes me... Uh, in play, I'm like, this is a feel-good behaviour, and I've seen dogs do it in play in that context. Mm. The other context that we see it of, for the same reason, because it releases endorphins, is a comfort behaviour. Yeah. So when they get stressed out, and whether that is because of positive stress through, like, overstimulation through play, so I'm having a great time, but I don't really know what to do, and that brain just tips in and goes, just do something that makes yourself feel better, and they start to hump. Mm. Or whether that's negative stress where maybe there's loads of things moving around and they're like, I can't get a handle on this. I'm going to hump the nearest thing to me. Or that I'm going to start doing that involuntary action because the body's just endorphin hunting at that time. It's not a choice, but it's like, do a behavior that makes me feel better. Oh, I'm just going to hump. And the second part of with everything moving around is the front legs are normally hooked on and that act stops everything moving around, which also probably makes them feel better. Mm. So the act of actually stopping everything moving plus doing the act of humping is like a combination of comfort behaviours all going on at once due to the dog feeling... I'm going to put that in inverted commas because I don't know how he's feeling, but it looks like to me, if I'm going to relate to him, he's feeling overwhelmed. Well, yeah, and conflicted. So I remember um, a client that I had and uh, we were working with Staffy and... That's what I would have, what I thought was happening with this particular dog. Um, I came into the house and uh, all they really wanted me to work on was this dog would jump on everybody that came into the house. And he just got so overwhelmed every time someone came into the house, he would jump, 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 jump. Um, 
So as I entered, he was jumping, so I started to throw some food away from me and then he'd come back in front of me and then he'd sit, so I'd pay him for the sit. And then I think his brain just exploded because he was hooking. Mm. So his dew claws were in the back of my leg and he was hooking and it was really like, oh. So many facial expressions. Yeah. And the caregivers were so apologetic and I went, no, this is this is mm. clearly just too much for him, so we're just going to pop him behind the baby gate because he, like, it was just split second, hump. Yeah. Split second, hump. And if I continued to try and engage with that dog with, with food, it was just making him worse. Yeah. It wasn't the information that the that he needed or he wasn't taking in the information or the information was overwhelming him so much that he was like, I just don't know what to do right here. And once we put him behind the baby gate and I put lots of distance between me and him so that, you know, the caregivers were over with him, mm-hmm. then we could see that he started to, you know, relax a little bit. Like his uh, heart rate rate went down because the panting slowed. He started to close his mouth because he had that big, you know, when people say the staffy smile, which is, you know, poor Staffy's freaking out look. Mm-hmm. Um, but for him, I think it was so, as you said, overwhelm. Mm-hmm. So many conflicting things going on in his brain that he was just trying to either stop me from moving or soothe himself. There was just so much for him that he just couldn't cope. It, yeah, it can be. It can be. It, it does. It, it can be a, a, a double-edged like behaviour, and like it serves both purposes, doesn't it? Mm. The it always not always always is a stretch, um, an exaggeration of the truth. Often happens in moments where it is high adrenaline. Mm. So multiple dogs running around the dog park or one dog that's moving very unpredictably uh, fast and the other dog might start humping it or even that dog that's been moving really fast its own adrenaline being super high and then suddenly stops and starts humping. Yeah. It's just got themselves in a state of overstimulation and that's why I lean back on that comfort thing because the goal of the comfort behaviours is to to get the endorphins for the arousal level to come down. Yeah. Right? And to help the dog recover. It's not like a choice though, and we can get quite. We see people get quite offended by it. Like, oh no, 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 Humphrey, get off! Like, it's it's that social etiquette. <clears throat> but for dogs, it's less of a problem. But still, we see do see a lot of dogs not like being humped. What would be your like? Because people would then say, well, they don't want to be dominated. But what are your re- what would you? How would you reason? With that, I'm trying to get form my sentence. Help me out here at any time. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, generally when that happens, so if, you know, I, if I'm in the park with the groups of dogs, I will, and that happens, and I do see it often, um, I will say, no, 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 this is all just too much for them, so let's just move away. We're going to interrupt the behaviour because the dog on the bottom yeah. may not be happy. You might get some dogs that will just stand there and go, this happens all the time. You, Eventually, you will go away. You get some dogs that don't care, literally don't care. And they keep walking as the yeah. dogs on the back. I've seen one uh, a little while ago. We were at AWL, and one of the dogs was humping the other one, and the other one was so nonchalant about it, literally just sniffing, mm. walking, even took a pee on the fence while being humped. And the other, the other handlers were like, "Should we step in?" I'm like. It's a conversation between two individuals and we're not... If the other dog's not bothered, it's not actually a problem. 
And I've seen that where you've had a dog that's not bothered that the humping dog eventually actually just kind of slides off <laughs> because it's not getting what it needs or it's because there's <laughs> no friction. Well, there's a few things that reason why it might just slide off and hopefully it's not because it's finished. But, like, the... <laughs> This one's not going to have a PG rating on, is it? Um, but it's got the whole, the whole point of that behaviour and the comfort behaviour is to get the endorphins so they can calm down. And if it just get, gets to that point where it's like, well, they did their job, I don't feel the need to hump anymore because the arousal level has gone down. And when I say arousal, I don't mean sexual arousal, I mean <laughs> state of arousal. Um, but the, yeah, it's already served its purpose. Mm. So it just, yeah, they just, okay, I'm done now. And leave the situation but there's a lot of dogs that would react poorly to it and this is what I was going to ask trying to ask a minute ago why wouldn't the other dog like it well because they're being restrained yeah you know if you're it'd be if the dog's walking around and they're <laughs> yeah we can't have got the giggles um, <laughs> if the other dog is minding their own business or just playing in the park and then all of a sudden and dependent on the um, enthusiasm mm -hmm. of the humper, yep. um, if you've got a, a humping dog who is really hooking their claws in and really not allowing that dog any movement, that's that can build frustration in yeah. the other dog. And if that dog is trying to move or, or giving any indica indicators facially, that the humper is not seeing or taking any yeah, it's not or listening. Pick up the cues because it's facing away. Yeah, that's yeah. when you're going to get. And you know, you've seen it in in dog parks. But actually, something that I see often, and I, I actually don't understand why, is so I we walk a couple of Labradors. These guys get humped all the time. I was going to bring this up because I don't know the answer either. Now. If anybody out there is Anyone knows. can actually fill us in on why Labradors, it's just I, I don't know if it's just anecdotal, but I see Labradors get humped more than any other breed. It's just yeah, two the both of the, the ones that I walk, um, it's always them and dogs beeline for them. Yep. So and I, I, I know historically, I've seen honestly I've lost count of the amount of Labradors that this happens to. Yeah, it, it's something that neither of us understand but it seems to be so we even walk a, a grudel that i can't he would love he loves to play mm. but i can't walk him with these guys because as soon as he spots them he's on them yeah and it's instant it's, and it's more than one dog like more than one dog wants to hunt them yeah yeah like you've just <laughs> Yeah, listen, more hand gestures more hand gestures i'm gonna put my hands between my knees okay so to clarify, just to summarise a little bit, um, we see it often when there is lots of activity mm -hmm. or a sudden change in environment can cause an adrenaline spike and then they the dogs start humping because that adrenaline spike, they need to come down from that and they're using it as a comfort behaviour. We also see it in play and we also see it in frustration cases. Yes. And one other thing I think we do need to touch on is when we um, hear from caregivers, oh, my dog, and we, we can mention it in the beginning, my dog will hump the bed or the teddy that was the other one and that, that normally happens okay there's two contexts that i see this in in the house a lot mm -hmm. apart from when guests come in again that's that sudden change yep after meal time yep and before they go to bed yeah before they fall asleep i'll let you 
tell tell me what what's your thoughts on this? Uh, well, a few. I think it depends on the household. Make sure you make at the wrong time. Thanks. <laughs> on the back. Yeah, do it on the back. <laughs> In your bed, good man. Um, I think um, depending on what the dog is fed. Mm-hmm. So if they have a extremely high carbohydrate diet, I think they get a, um, a sugar spike and they have a lot of energy to burn. Mm. Um, and people will either play with them or ignore them, to which the dog will seek something out to get rid of that energy because then they can't just sit down and go, okay, cool, I'll just, mm. I'll just... I'll keep just, all this in. Yeah, I'm not just going to gently self-soothe here. There's a lot of adrenaline going through the system. Yeah. Yeah. So they will find something and they may just find humping and I think eventually that just becomes a habit. Yeah. Over time. They go, this feels great. I like the, I've never thought about the high sugar, high carbohydrate, high, high sugar. With the food, the other one that I've seen is on the other end of the scale, a really like meaty one mm. because it's, so high value yeah um and i've seen dogs as well where uh maybe like puppies that have been raised um where the litter has just been kind of scatter fed and there's quite an air of desperation about the food yeah um so again it's around that adrenaline around the meal whether that's for a sugar spike the value of the food or the sense of desperation that like maybe i'm gonna to have to fight for this food or be mm. whatever the death wherever that desperation may be coming from but again similar sim- thing similar reasons to the uh sudden sudden changes and lots of activity it comes down it comes down to the dog being in a state of over arousal and the dog using humping as a way of decompressing after the fact mm. but what about right before they go to bed that i don't know I think, and I'm theorising, is that a word? It is today. Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) Please don't take any education from us today. No. um, Fact check. Think of it like um, some dogs would use it, like like, again, like a soothing behaviour, almost like a nighttime ritual. Mm -hmm. So some dogs will get their toy in their mouth, take it to their bed and suckle because that is a comforting, soothing behaviour. Mm-hmm. Well, I think just like any other behaviour that feels good, humping could be incorporated and learned as a pattern mm. as a way uh, to decompress before they fall into a sleep. That being said, though, I normally look into the sleep patterns of these dogs because they're normally sleep deprived mm. and they take these dogs that take ages to self-soothe to fall into sleeps normally are struggling with stresses and anxiety. Not, I don't want to say anxiety, but like struggling with hypervigilance and uh, adrenal fatigue throughout the day. Mm. So they take longer to be able to fall into deep sleeps in the evening. So they need help. Yeah. Mm. So I normally look at their overall sleep patterns but at the end of the day, that one, I normally tell people, please just let the dog do it. Like, why why change it? Like, look, if Aunt Margaret comes over and she doesn't want to see it, then, you know... Put distract- Aunt Margaret in another room. Yeah, distract Margaret. <laughs> Give Maggie a few wines, you know? But <laughs> it's, uh, it's normally a social embarrassment thing. People stop that. But if I can get people over that 
then, and I try to, yeah. most of, like, um, let the dog hump because it's part of their routine. But behind that, it would be not something I'd, I wouldn't necessarily directly address the humping, but I would use that as a marker for, is this dog struggling with adrenal fatigue issues during the day? Yeah. Well, and yeah, one other thing that uh, could be is if um, the dog was taken away from its mother too soon. Mm-hmm. I found some, like especially working in rescues, you know, puppies that had been dumped and then they were hand-reared by humans. Um, a lot of them would do a lot of suckling, humping behaviour. Yeah. Uh, because they missed out on that um, that period. Learning stage. And yeah. And, like, being able to regulate their emotions from a young age with other means so their behavioural repertoire might be quite small. Yeah, but also, you know, when they um, when they feed from the mother, there is, you know, hormones released to mm. soothe them. Yeah. Um, um, so I think that they do find, automatically they do find that, and they find that with, with human kids too. Uh, that's why sometimes they give them dummies, not just to shut them up. Ah. Um. Well, I mean, you get endorphins, so Mm -hmm. humans and and dogs get endorphins from chewing and licking and sucking, which, you know, is a pain relief. Yeah. Um, Obviously, and something that makes us feel good. Mm -hmm. That's why we exercise, because we get that, like, oh, my God, I feel amazing. Mm. So having that, uh, finding something to supplement that with dogs um, is something that is healthy. And, no, we don't want to interrupt it unless we can see it becomes an obsessive compulsive behavior yeah i've I've seen some dogs where they'll hump to the point where they'll turn their old boy inside out and then that literally becomes a medical issue yeah and i've seen that and it is a problem um so that's when yeah absolutely step in early but don't just try to suppress the behavior no redirect onto an alternative comfort behavior because telling a dog off for humping is going to just make them even more stressed mm. and stress will just manifest in like whack-a-mole somewhere else. So, yeah, give them an alternative pacifier to help them relax and decompress. But also find out why that's become something that they need because obsessive-compulsive behaviours are relief-seeking. You yeah. know, it's if you have to check the door, you feel relieved once you've checked it the third time. Uh, but it is a it is a very dangerous circle. You don't see many dogs like that. It's no. it's not common, thankfully. So no, that's not, good. Not obsessive compulsive humpers anyway. <laughs> no, thankfully. All right, guys, we managed to get some <laughs> sensible information out there this week, um, despite the giggles and despite some things that we maybe have to edit out. Maybe yeah, no, we'll regret that one later. <laughs> <laughs> Happy you, Wednesday, everyone. Happy Wednesday. See you later, guys. Well, See you bye. next time. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for this week, guys. If you ever want to ask questions, give feedback, or just provide some suggestions regarding the podcast, find me on Ian Shivers Dog Advocate on Instagram. I'll be happy to help. If you're feeling really generous, leave us a review on whatever platform it is that you're listening to this podcast on. And if you want to nerd out more with us, then find our sponsors because they're the ones that make all of this possible. See you next week. This episode has been sponsored by Bondo Behaviorist. Bondo Behaviorist is a Sydney-based dog training and behavior company. I founded back in 2015. We've got a small but dedicated team of dog trainers and behavior consultants. We've helped over 4,000 people at this point with everything in between, helping people set up their new lives with their puppy or adopted dog, 
to working with people that have come to us to help them with book training and behavior concerns. For more information, go to bondibehaviorist.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook at Bondi Behaviorist.